1: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are counting down our top 10 season wreckers. Some very risky picks on the podcast today. Let's go! Good day, and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. I'm joined by Luke. How are you today, man? Good, mate. I'm going good. That second take was ace, eh? I reckon. <laughs> yeah. You, you killed it. it. Went all out, nailed the first take, and then played the basketball intro. <laughs> and uh, we're, not, we're not talking basketball today. You
2: didn't even notice it either, eh? We yeah, had to stop was, halfway through. <laughs> I was
1: in the zone. I was ready to talk about our, uh, our season records today, which is obviously what we are talking about for the. AFL fantasy side of things, so... Yeah, we've got a few players on. We're going to do kind of like a 10 down to 1 sort of... Little countdown.
2: Countdown. It's, yep. going to be, it's going to be nice. We've got a few players on there. We'll we'll preface by saying we've we've kind of... The way we've gone about picking these potential season wreckers is that a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about are, are lowly owned, which means that you don't have that um, safety blanket to fall on of, of high ownership. Mm-hmm. But we've also tried to pick guys that are fantasy relevant as well. Mm-hmm. We're not going to come out with guys that are completely out of left field that nobody's yeah. even thinking about picking anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be a very fun thing to talk about. So, we're talking about guys who are relevant but lowly owned who could potentially maybe
1: screw you. And by no means, like, are these, like, there are some good players in Mm. here. Like, there are some players that could potentially be really good picks. But on the flip side, they could be potentially season wreckers, hence the uh, title of the episode here. So, I mean, there's guys um, on
2: this list that have spent time in our teams. Absolutely,
1: sure. yeah. Some guys that might make my team um, even even still. I would say that you probably don't want to pair up maybe more than two, maybe even more than one of could these guys on, the ski, on, on your team. Uh, I probably reckon if you can have maybe one or two would be the maximum I would have of these guys. And, uh, yeah, we will – I'll say – the way that I've at least constructed this list is that number one is the most risky, yep. number ten being the least risky, and we'll sort of explain our thoughts uh, as to why they've landed in that order. So, we'll uh, we'll get stuck straight into it. What do you what do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So at number ten, we've got a we've got a premium defender making this list, a Jack Sinclair. So, number yeah. 10, season wrecker, Jack Sinclair. The reason I have him feel <laughs> bad
2: calling him a season wrecker. I, I nah, guess it's, it's the theme we're going with today. <laughs>
1: By no <laughs> means is he is he a bad player or anything like that. No. But the reason that he has made this list is, obviously, there's a new coach in town. Yep. Um, and also just the small sample size that we have of him being at the level that he is priced at at the moment. So, before last season, he the highest he managed to get was a 79. Uh, and that was in one, two, three four, five, six, seven seasons of AFL footy. So he's had the rare eight-year eight, eight year breakout. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he's gone at 103. So at that price tag, look, he could very well come out and do the same sort of thing and be a great pick and be a top sort of three, top two defender. But, you know, there is every chance with a new coach... Yep. Uh, with a new game style and with only one season of data suggesting that he is this premium, midfield, uh, sorry, premium defender type, there is a significant risk here that he goes back and becomes himself a bit of a bust pick at that price tag.
2: Yeah, that's it. And he showed he showed so much last year. So, um, you know, there's every chance that he goes on and he's easily a top six defender this year as well. But um, the thing is, like you say, once he, he's had that good season last year, the price point that he's at, yep. you, you need him to be guaranteed scoring for you, don't you, in the yeah. back line? So you can't be paying up that much and then have that be a potential flop. And uh, like you said, if you do pay that much and he goes back to those kind of lowly numbers that he did in his previous seven years, then you're in a bit of a pickle, I would reckon.
1: Yeah, he's he's someone that, like, he's number 10 on this list because I do think he'll be, yeah. he'll still be around. I'll have him in my top six defenders. Um, but there is that sort of, you know, A little bit of doubt in the back of my mind, and it's just not someone that I've ever really considered picking for my team this year, just because of, number one, the price, number two, the uncertainty of the coach, and number three, just we haven't seen it for long stretches of time, like we have seen for some of those other guys at that top price. We've seen Doherty do it for a long time, multiple seasons. We haven't yet for a Sinclair. Different to a Dawson, perhaps, who's everything's the same this year, basically, for him. There's a little bit of question mark on his role, wing, half-back, but same coach. The team's pretty much unchanged. So uh, when I compare those two, I think I feel more confident in the Dawson. Sinclair, I'm just... uh, a little bit more worried. He is in uh, He's in 12% of sides, so not, yeah, you know, it's not super unique. unique um, no. So some people are picking him. Again, the defensive line can be tough to sort of pin down. So uh, I do think that there is some risk, however, starting with a Jack Sinclair, especially when you're priced at 103, second most expensive defender uh, in the game. So I agree with that take. You want to be confident. Let's Go. move on to uh, number nine. Who do we have at number nine here, Luke? We've got... Paddy
2: Cripps at number nine, and he's another fellow that I I suppose uh, has found his way onto this list as a bit of a victim of how well he did last year. So he's one of those guys, and I'm kind of repeating myself here, but um, at the price point that you're picking him at this year, you just want to be confident that he's just locked away, bang, done, in your top eight midfielders, and you're cruising for the rest of the year. And there's obviously... There's quite a bit of uh, midfield competition there at Carlton this year as well when everyone's fit. So um, I don't think, you know, for any minute we're doubting that Cripper's not going to be in there being the bull that he's going to be. But, you know, is there a scenario where he creeps forward a little bit this year and and some of his... um Midfield teammates are
1: taking a few of those CBAs from him. It, it's just it, he's also got nowhere to go but down. Yes. in terms of those CBAs, eighty three percent. Yeah. And you know, it's probably for the if you take out that injured uh, affected game, it's more like that sort of mid to high eighties in terms yep. of his CBA. So he is he is by far the one of the highest CBA attendees of the entire league. Yeah. Um, not just of Carlton, um, and you know, coming off a brown low year. You know, safe to say, is he had a fantastic year, and and in saying that, he still only scored and averaged one hundred and what was one hundred and three or one hundred and two. Yeah. You could say that that injury affected game, you know, presents a little bit of value in his score. But when I look at his season's average in the past, um, he's only had one season back in twenty eighteen above the price that he's at right now. All of his other seasons, he has been lower than that because he is, again, kind of that player that's probably a better real-life footballer than a fantasy footballer because he's so inside, he's so damaging, he attracts a tag. He probably doesn't pop out for those marks as much as we would like. Um, So for that reason, to me, he's just not someone on my radar. And I think that if you're expecting the twenty twenty two Cripper... I think there's a fair room for disappointment there for, for me.
2: Yeah, at this time of the year, we're looking for guys that present upside, aren't we? And... and, and- in the players that we're picking not for their upside, let's say like a Dunkley or, or a Doherty to an extent, if you're picking one of those premiums, you want to be confident that that guy is yep. the big dog that you know he is. And, and for Cripps, like you said, I think the points all suggest that he could have a great season this year, but I just don't know how much upside there is. And at this time, you were looking for upside.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Doherty going into the midfield, like he's just a few, a few question marks. And like I said, I don't think there's anywhere but down for him to go in terms of those CBA numbers. And uh, he's not going to be putting up fantasy points if he's maybe a bit more on the forward line and the forward 50. So uh, Doherty is there. Sorry, not Doherty. Cripps is there at number nine. Uh, Before before we go any further, reminder guys, if you have any disagreements as well, of course, I'm sure there will be lots of people maybe disagree with our picks. Uh, Comment down below. Let us know your thoughts and if you maybe are starting any of these guys and uh, uh, maybe if you think that they're not quite the risky pick that we are suggesting. Number eight uh, might be a controversial one here. Probably Mm -hmm. one of the more popular. I think he might be the most popular player on this list. Uh, Darcy Cameron comes in at number eight as a potential season wrecker. I guess for me here, there's a number of factors that bring into this one. Number one, the interrupted preseason and his uh, hamstring... What, what do they call it? A hamstring scare, I think was the was words it? they used. It wasn't awareness. That, yeah, When I don't know. They, they never define these things. But I think it was a small strain. Uh, I think he is back at training, but then again, you've got the the... Big Coxie in there. Um, you know, we don't like Big Cox unless they're the Oxlongs. Um, and and also the sub-rule, I think, is also something that, yeah, talk to us about that. potentially might... Uh, now, I don't necessarily think it's it's going to be a huge factor, but there's just that element there that people have talked about the sub-rule, especially with a team like Collingwood who play fast, play quick, if they are going into the game with two rucks, with a Mason Cox and a Darcy Cameron, there is the risk that maybe in the third quarter that they could sub out one of those ruckmen um, and play a bit more of that speed-heavy game, have those fresh legs if they see the advantage to be taken there. I think that nine times out of ten, that's going to be Mason Cox getting subbed, personally. But there is just that 10% chance that it is a Darcy Cameron. You combine that with the fact that There's a lot of wording to say they liked those two combining together. And if it's like a 50-50 or a 60-40 split, that upside isn't quite there. The underdone preseason also doesn't help. And the fact that you're a Ruckman who's mid-price, if it flops, it's very tough. It's a complete restructure to sort of get up to the top dogs or down to a value. And we don't have a lot of value options, so... If this was a player in the midfield or the forward line where we've got lots of different options to pivot to at a similar price, he wouldn't probably make this list. But as a ruckman, um, it is a bit tougher for me to sort of feel super confident and it could be one that does go south pretty quick. Yeah, there's every chance that Darcy
2: Cameron still uh, like starts in my team this season. But of all the points you just made, For me, Mitch,
1: for me too. Yeah. Of
2: all the points you just made, the one that actually... Uh, makes me most nervous is the one that you talk about the price point. I think that's a little bit underrated sometimes mm. in people's minds. Is is that if something does go wrong at that price point, have a think to yourself. You've either, you've got to generate. Let's say 200k, yeah, to get to a primo, and sometimes there's nowhere to go down, or it's no, you know, comfortable options to go down to. So that can be really worrying because then you can be chewing, you know, through a couple of trades, uh, you know, at any point during the season when you want to be using those trades to upgrade. So I, I sort of see that as an underrated point that you made.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 180,000 between he and a Tim English at, yeah, as go. it stands right now. So um, you're looking at sort of like say something does go wrong in round one or two that's sort of the the kind of price gap you're trying to make up in in a position like that so that is pretty much a restructure it's like a it's like a premium in another line down to another mid-pricer to get that ruckman up um I also think that it's just it's just tough in terms of like we haven't actually seen Darcy Cameron be a premium ruck for very long like we've seen him do it for maybe two-thirds of a season um and even in that time, there's, there were time he put up a thirty at the end of the season. He put up a fifty in there as well. So if he comes out and has a game like that early in the season, that's going to really halt his cash. Um, he's going to yeah, that's going to be someone that a lot of people are trying to trade out. And it is a risky pick. Now, it, again, like you, he still has every chance to make my team. the are two options are not Slim the best dickens, at the uh, yeah at the, at the current time. So. Still, definitely in consideration for me, but I'm not denying the fact that there is a lot of risk associated with it. And despite that, he is still owned in over 20% of teams out there at the moment. But just a little word of warning I think is, um, you know, potentially expect maybe a bumpy ride yeah. uh, at that position, as we are all accustomed to in these last couple of years. <laughs> um, next one here, again, these next two, Dusty Cameron, and these next two are probably all very. Good picks, in my opinion, or yeah. could potentially be big winners. I've got Zach Butters here at number seven. He's kind of maybe a guy you think more traditionally of as a season wrecker. He certainly might have been that for you last year with um, you know his disappointing um, middle part of the season. But like you were saying before the podcast, we have seen each year him improving on his average. Yeah, he does. Um, and he does present a little bit of upside for us.
2: Yeah, he does sort of show progression in his numbers if you go back and have a look in recent years. The thing, I mean, the guy that we've been talking about in the same breath as Butters all preseason is Rosie. And the reason why Rosie's not going to be on this list and Butters is going to be on this list is because in terms of ownership, Rosie is far more Yeah, you've got that in insulation Butters. of people. That, that's yeah. it. So if it goes bad with Butters, you're left out on island by yourself. Potentially, yep. if it goes bad with Rosie, at least you're um, you know, making those trades with a lot of the other coaches in the competition. Competition as well. So that's the thing with with both Butters and Rosies, they can go good and they can just look like juicy forward prospects can't they, but yeah. then they can stink it up like last year I think Butters had scores 40, 50, 30, yeah, 34 30. in there, yep. Like there's some Proper stinkers in there, and if you like, Mitch said, if you cop a couple of those off the bat in the first couple of weeks, especially if you've picked a guy as a point of difference and he's lowly owned, that's a trade that you're making. That's points that you're not getting that all of the other coaches in the competition are sitting pretty with their, um, you know, popular own pick, or even if their popular own picks picks not doing well, at least you know they're in the same boat as everyone else. So that's kind of what put Zach Butters on this list. Yeah. And in the same vein as a lot of these guys, he could be a season-defining pick. So yeah. if you pick him at his slowly own and he comes out and he goes and averages 100 yeah. you know, throughout the year, then you know, you're know, every chance of, of winning a hat. Um, but there's risk associated with it.
1: Yeah, and he's the kind of guy that even if he has the role and it looks good to start the season and even, like say, you, it looks good, you trade into him. Yeah. Um, you would experience this last year. You trade into a guy like that and... <laughs> And things can go south quickly. Like, you know, he's prone to coming in there and getting knocks and, you know, you know, being banged up as the season goes along. He's um, yeah, I was famously, surprised. like, just a reckless tackling guy <laughs> that doesn't quite have the bulk to sort it's of like uh, justify on, that. Just... Yeah, he just kind of goes in hard, which you love as a teammate. Um, yeah. But maybe just... You know, just woo up, yeah. Just just think about your health and the whole season, maybe a little Mitch bit more. Yeah. <laughs> come on, let's go. But uh, he surprised me.
2: I, I was actually surprised when I saw that he played twenty games last year. But then when yeah. you really go and dig into it, there were sort of two or three games There's there. where, games where he although he played those games, it, in it you yeah. probably would have rather he didn't. Hey, yeah, or you just you know he, he was nursing something throughout a quarter, a, or he came off to get game, strapped. I think or,
1: yeah, there was a sick game that was his thirty-four. I remember the he flu he was, game. Yeah, MJ. yeah, not quite the MJ flu game. <laughs> (laughs) I think MJ had more points than he did (laughs) in that game. Yeah, nice. But yeah, I think... Yeah, it's it's a tough one to read on. We haven't seen the role sustained for the whole season like a Rosie as well, which yeah. makes Rosie kind of that more popular, for probably, but also a saver pick. We know he had a sustained sort of sixteen rounds of of being that sixty percent CBA yeah. guy, whereas Butters was a bit up and down. Yeah, Butters finished week the season week.
2: well on a small sample, and he kind of started with a couple of good games, but he really stunk it up.
1: Yeah, but he even in that even at the end of the season, like his CBAs were uh, still all over the shop. So last game for. 44, game before that, 37, 31, 48, 22, And he had a 15 game with CBAs zero where it, he scored poorly. You yeah, so there was well. a game where he's had 69% of CBAs, only scored a 74. So it doesn't always correlate exactly how you would think. Um, I still think that he could potentially be a, a great pick and, like I said, could be on my team at the start of the season. But yeah. be aware of the associated risk. And like we sort of said on the top, maybe if you have and you're really keen on a Zach Butters, perhaps you also maybe don't want to have too many of these other guys on your team as well because yeah. you know if one of them goes well but two of them flop then it's a net negative Strife. so yeah, bit a bit of tough tough work I'm sure you're going to want to talk about this next fella who, let, who have we got here? I'll let you do so. We've got Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore. My love.
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises
1: Every time,
0: and if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Maybe up. you
2: maybe you won't want to talk about why he's risky.
1: Well, look, I,
2: or I like try him. Push people away from him. No,
1: no. <laughs> I, look, I like him, and I think I said our last episode that I'm cooling a bit on him just because of that risk. Um, What's his ownership? His ownership, I think, is quite low, 4 or 5%. I'll have to I can double have check to double-check that while I'm talking about him. But I think just the more I hear the wording come out of the Hawthorne, and I think I listened to a podcast the other day, 5%. Um, I listened to a podcast the other day um, about the, the Hawthorne coach basically talking about... They're just not settled on anything right now. They're basically just having open Mate, tryouts they, they, for that midfield. They bloody want to get with it when <laughs> i um, far off the start of the season. So that kind of puts me in a little bit of hesitation. Um, look, I'm not ruling him out. I just think that when there are other maybe safer options in like a Connor um, that I feel more confident in his role... The upside from Dillamore is not that much more than a Rosie that I'm willing to take on that risk. And maybe yeah. I might pick my battles elsewhere on my ground. Um, if you're going to take a
2: risk on these guys that are lowly owned, you, you need to be confident in some part of it. You need to sell it to yourself, don't yeah. you? There needs to be some part of the narrative that That's you're right. going, no, this is why I know that this guy's going to break out or that this guy's going to perform well, especially when they're they're lowly owned. It's, it's a risk.
1: And the other thing is obviously he's going to be in a bad team as well. So yeah. when you're in a bad team and if you're that midfield-forward split, you're relying on your team having a lot of the ball uh, or at least enough of the ball to, to find you enough and to be in and around it at least to have a bit of possession. So it is tough when you're not the sort of that um, seagull half back on a poor side to crack that 100 average, which we kind of want a, a Dylan Moore to get. And he is more expensive than a Zach Butters and a Connor Rosie. So yeah. that kind of, for me, is the difference between him being Higher on our rankings list of uh, season records than a Zach Butters simply because he is basically fifty-five to sixty thousand more expensive than a Butters, um, and I think that the poorer side as well is probably a bit of a bit of a flag for him. Maybe not the the injury risk like a Butters, but a little bit more of that consistency of role uh, risk for a player like Dylan Moore. So that's him at number six. Next on the list, Next I think we list. go down to Mitch Duncan, do it. Yeah, Mitch Duncan, the most unique player on this yeah, list, um, which, you know, is, is fair enough. I don't think a lot of people are considering him. I think sometimes, I thought he might have been higher, but just because of the name of Mitch Duncan yeah. and the fact that he has been 110, 105 You've got to go back uh, a average way. guy, uh, but I think a lot of people are... Being scared off by the fact of, um, you know, he's in Geelong, he's over 30, they like to manage their over 30s guys and um, give them some rests from week to week. I also just don't think his upside's that high in the role that he's in. Yeah. Um, so, and for talk- me, I just don't think that there's much ceiling and a lot of potential for downside and rests and things like that.
2: I agree with you there and, and even though we talk about the fact that defenders are tough to pick uh, this year, you do kind of have a, a few options around that price yeah. range so he's kind of around 820. If you go up a little bit, you get around like your Brayshaw guys and then you drop down a little bit and you can look at guys like Dacos and uh, and Young there as well, which I yeah. think just uh, the, the narrative around them is... Um,
1: you definitely um, go in there first. Yeah, right?
2: it's not only more upside, it's just probably more exciting to be fair yeah. as well. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so I'm probably going to want to tune in to watch You're Dacos. You're probably not probably worried about them strong. having a
1: rest you know six weeks in the season those kind of things Um, he does have that enticing buy rounds but again I'm not thinking about that too much with my starting squad Uh, so that's something that we'll cross next uh, year
2: I reckon we request the AFL that uh, they give that buy round to maybe some fantasy relevant yeah yeah give it to give it to something
1: else give give it to the Bulldogs or something like that it's Geelong uh, and um, Gold Coast, Coast, yeah and uh, with with Tuk Miller's injury we're basically (laughs) basically out of (laughs) fantasy options for those teams so Yeah. Um, yeah so I think Mitch Duncan again might have been higher on this list had he been a bit maybe more popular, but yeah. I think um, not a lot of people are considering him. So I think that as far as season wreckers go, if you do have him, I would I'd probably strongly suggest reconsidering it. But um, I think that's that's a that's a pretty obvious one there. Show me, uh, we've got we've got uh, two yeah. players.
2: Yeah, it's a combo. I mean, these guys are just going to be talked about as a combo, They're a bit of a package year. deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually interested to get your thoughts on this one because I didn't sort of see these guys as high on this list as maybe you have here. So I'm really intrigued to sort of see what you have to say about Brody Grundy and Max Gorn.
1: Yeah, Brody Grundy and Max Gorn, like, it's just it's just the unknown. It's the it's the complete unknown of what these guys are going to do and how they're going to be going on a week to week basis. There is obviously upside, probably more so in a Brody Grundy pick with his price tag, eight hundred and thirty thousand. Um I still haven't ruled him out as an option as a guy that Could potentially just beat up on those second-tier rucks, um, you know, if they're they're going up against, you know, guys in the forward line and and doing some rucking in those kind of scenarios and completely just beat up on those boys and, and maybe their ruck time is reduced but their points per minutes are higher. Gorn, we've heard about him maybe floating back and taking off some some intercept marks and things like that. But to me, the risk is there just based on the volatility of their scoring week to week. And if you can't predict what a player is going to do week to week, that to me is spells risk. And especially when they are not cheap, Max Gorn being the highest priced Ruckman, yep. he is owned in just under 6% of size. So some people are still going there. Um, I just think that it's a potential risk and and a waste of cash early on when you don't really know what you're buying.
2: Yeah, I think you mentioned this on a previous podcast as well. It's because they're so spoilt for choice there in the rock stocks at, at Melbourne. Um, they could really just kind of play situational stuff week yeah. to week if they're coming up against an opponent. They go, okay, well, I think you know Max is going to get the best of it at, at the centre bounces, and I think Grundy can get a mismatch up forward. Perhaps they come up against an opponent the following week, and they think, hey, we're going to get Grundy in there, dominating the middle, and we want Gorn playing across half back. So, us as fantasy coaches, we want consistency, like you said, and and just the fact that they um, are so spoiled for choice means that they could be inconsistent week to week, and and. Um, really based what they're doing based on the team that they're playing. Um, it, it would just be wild to even imagine a world or see a team where you have two ruckmen averaging 105 everywhere. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? In the same team? It's like, happened
1: before. I think it has happened back with, uh, was it Nick Nat and Cox, I think. Jeez, we going a while back. Back, back in the day, yeah. yeah. So that was a little while, obviously a, a long while ago, yeah. but... Uh, obviously, we've got two really good ruckmen. We so, do. I mean, um, if any, if we were ever going to see it,
2: I mean, like if there was a year we were going to see it, it'd be this year. But I kind of buy into to what you said there, just the the inconsistency. If we yeah. see, so then let's let's think about it. If we see that they are kind of locked into a more consistent role, where let's say, for example, Grundy is kind of the dominant set of bounce ruckman, and, and Gorn is kind of drifting half back, half forward, like that kind of thing. Do you then?
1: Start to see maybe Grundy as a, a more safe option if you kind of see that for a few weeks. Or potentially, it still... it's look. I'd need to see some decent sample size and and to see a rhyme and rhyme and or reason as to what their scores are doing and and against the matchups that they're choosing to do the certain things that they're doing. Um, yeah, okay. And I don't know if we're going to get that within the first two to three weeks. Um, the other thing that throws another uh, you know wrinkle into this is just say one of them goes down. Mm. And we're not sure of the timeline of when they're coming back. <laughs> and you go, you know, oh, great. This is a chance to jump on one of these guys. And because they... if one of them goes down, the other one is Oh, the other one's gonna rock rock s- the skyrocket. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be huge. So you maybe you jump on them. Maybe like, you know, they come back sooner than you thought. And then you've got to trade them back out again. It just. There's a lot of factors, so many ways that this could go. And I don't think that these guys, their relevance doesn't stop when the season starts (laughs) and you've got your starting side. You're always going to be watching them um, and just so excited to see what happens. And just to see what's going on. So um, they they are potential season wreckers for the entire year, (laughs) not just in your starting squad. Uh, So. It's just it's just a whole lot of unknown and not something that I've sort of uh, yeah. come across before in my no. time my brief time as a AFL fantasy coach so it's cool but uh, we'll see how it all works out. We've got another ruckman at number 3 here and I am uh, I am firmly against picking this your guy boy. in uh, in your starting squad because I just don't see the upside I don't see the appeal. I know some people are keen on him but Lloyd Meek is number 3 on my uh, top 10 potential season wreckers. Yeah. He's not higher because he is cheap he's um,
2: cheap but but that price point presents a similar issue to what we talked about before so he's around the 4 am I right he's around the 400 maybe just above 4 uh, yeah like 450 i want to okay, say so, let so me just double check that, that 473 and and i said this on our Rux podcast but let's say this happens he's he's at 4 what'd you say four, 473 four, 473 so he's at 473 he comes out and he starts averaging 45 50 yeah. points again yeah what do you do? Yeah, you you, you can't go down because you you're don't gonna have, have a, to find a whole lot of cash to go a, r- somewhere. Exactly, you don't have a rookie ruck option, and then the next you're gonna get 200k to go to Lysette. You got to just to go to Lysette.
1: 300k to go to Cameron. You got to
2: remortgage the house to get to English. <laughs> yeah, you know. so it, it's just there's a scenario where that happens. Yeah, and it, yeah. that's almost a season gone kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, and and just the fact that there's three ruckmen over there. Um, I it's a rotating door. Like even if he has a great week one, say you get tricked into you trade into him, him, and next week you know they they bring in another ruckman and they play a different setup. You know the Hawthorne are not going to be afraid to experiment this season. Yeah. Like they clearly are not winning a flag, so they're going to try some things. And it just it's just a recipe for disaster for me. Eight percent owned in AFL fantasy—that's eight percent too high in my opinion. <laughs> I just don't don't see the appeal. Look, I could eat my words, and maybe he's just that much better than the others and no pe- people but, are, people are putting him in and then just going
2: how good is the rest of me team yeah oh, the cash god, a gun. oh my god oh we've got so many good primos in yeah. midfield. but you got lloyd meek at r2 mate <laughs> yeah
1: so oh, i just don't i don't love the people maybe people at all.
2: are running lloyd meek at r1 and samson ryan at r2 oh well that's maybe. just you just give it
1: up there it? <laughs> <laughs> you just 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 give us your cash and uh well, the rest of us will play seriously <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to number two. Uh you've had uh you've had some visceral reactions to this player before. Um <laughs> Only
2: when I found out that his ten was an uninjured score. <laughs> yeah, one of his poor, tens, yeah. yeah. poor um James Warpole. Warpedo, number
1: we're, two on our season records.
2: Yeah, we we're kinda of beat up. Beat up on him
1: a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, well, yeah, you... rightfully so. You can't oh. go ahead and score a ten on, uh, no, you can't. and when you're getting CBAs bad, as well, but... it's not like you're parked a full forward and you know the ball just hasn't come to you. Like you're in the center center bounce, like you're around the ball. Yeah, um, it's not good. It's it's
2: just yeah. this is coming from a guy that I'm pretty sure I had a game where I had one position the whole game. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I can't be beaten up on the Warpedo, but well, we weren't selecting you either, so but... <laughs> 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 for good reason. Uh, yeah, it's. The risk is the risk is there. He's he's tempting people in with those uh, previously good seasons yep. and the cheap price point, um, which, I mean, is that's kind of a formula that you yep. can go with, uh, but there's definitely the potential for that to go awry very quickly.
1: And again, it, I don't think it finishes in round one as well. Like, if he comes out and <laughs> he, to ride he, the he hits coaster. a 90 and he hits an 80 and people go, oh, yeah, okay, he's cheap. I can make some cash here, downgrade. Maybe I'll fix my Lloyd Meek and then go up. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then he drops a 10 on your head. Like, it's just... It's not someone that and I then, have a lot of And will drop 100. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's like... He's been a sub several times as well. Like, he's been subbed off and been the sub before. I just don't think the coach loves him a lot. Uh, I think there are other midfielders... There's better options there Yeah, like Hawthorne's future. That's right. I don't know if he's in their premiership winning side as a midfielder. Um, yeah. So, I think that he's not going to be prioritised. So, I just see a lot, a lot of downside with him. And... Uh, Look, the reason he's not number one, again, is because of that price. He is cheap, so you're not investing a lot of money to start off with. So, had he been maybe a few hundred thousand dollars more expensive, then he definitely would have been number one. Uh, But because of that reason, at number one, the number one season uh, wrecker, (laughs) our boy Aaron Hall. Uh, Now, I'll tell you now, if you pick Aaron
2: Hall and he plays the whole season, pick the colour of your highlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but- well... But... <laughs> You could also, also go pick up a lottery ticket as well because <laughs> yeah. uh, you're running the gauntlet there. Yeah. Um, this is all injury based, isn't yeah, it? yeah, all injury based. But and... a little bit, a little bit new coach. Yeah, talk about injuries first.
1: Well, he... <laughs> okay, well, so obviously he's already injured. <laughs> he's, he's already had a <laughs> he's Achilles a kind of soreness in the preseason. Oh, no. Never good for a 32 year old who's uh, had injuries a lot in the past. He was subbed out twice last season. One with a hamstring. I can't remember what the second one was, but um, it's gotta be a hamstring, doesn't something it? Something like that. But uh, and also was dropped in the last round of the season as well. Yeah. Um, and new coach Clarko, don't think he's putting up with a lot of that seagull action from a uh, Aaron Hall. Well, you've got half the North Melbourne list in your team at the moment, so I thought you can I turn. can't fit another one in, can I? <laughs> um, but yeah, so for that reason, he just presents a lot of risk. I don't think the upside is quite as high as we think about when we thought about his season a couple years ago when there were. were. We're really just chipping the ball around just try not to get smashed by 100 points I think they're going to try and take the game on a little bit more this season Um, and so the upside is not worth the immense immense risk in my opinion and again you're investing still a fair bit of money into him he's priced in sort of the mid 90s you know again we've got other options like you said the Dacos and the Hayden Youngs and uh, other guys around that price if you go up a little bit more you can get to those Angus Brayshaws and Dawson's so for me it's just um, it's just an avoid yeah it's too risky Um,
2: I mean, joke, jokes aside, um, like Mitch said, this guy's a guy who's who's gone big before. But I think even if he does stay healthy this year, I just don't think the role's there and the game style's not there for, for what he does well in terms of fantasy scoring. So um, it, the reason he's number one on the list is because those big, big numbers from seasons yeah. gone by people can, might be tempted. Exactly can yep. tempt people in, especially yep. with some issues in, in And defense. especially
1: if he does get on a bit of a roll like early in the season, yep. you might be tempted to jump on him. But for me, he's the kind of guy that like last, two or three weeks of the season you want to you can okay if you can get me through two or three weeks then that's fine but yeah. I don't want to rely on him trying to get me through to the end of the year yeah. because it's just it's just a huge gamble he's kind point. of
2: like point of difference you could trade in in a league final <clears throat> excuse yeah. me um, yeah. to, to potentially you know go all in yeah um, yeah. if you want to win your match
1: up or if it's like you yeah, need yeah. to get into the top 100 like I know I definitely thought about that last year lucky I didn't um, <laughs> but yeah it's just uh, it's, it's just not someone I want to have uh, any longer than maybe a few weeks in my side
2: yeah, no, I agree with that. But uh, there'll definitely be people on this list that uh, that the guys out there disagree with. So, yeah, like we said at the start, please let us know if, if you disagree with any of these guys, or if you think that there's guys that we should be adding to our top ten potential season wreckers, risky picks list, uh, and we'll. we'll be looking forward to having a bit of debate on, on the
1: uh, comment section yeah. as well. That'll do us for today, guys. Next podcast, we're going to go through and review the first round of pre-season games. So we've got a we're couple on. of them uh, at time of recording there tomorrow, tomorrow, but when this comes out, there will all actually, already be some games actually coming out whilst this uh, is premiering. For, uh, for the... I don't know if there's going to be official stats, okay. but I'm sure the people of Twitter will be uh, getting their pen and paper out and <laughs> yeah, yeah, counting on their on fingers. Their fingers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of information for us to sift through. So uh, be sure to check that one out, guys. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed. Uh, if you want to send through a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it'd be much, much appreciated. But until then, guys, give this video a big thumbs up and we will see you guys next time. Laters.